Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady and I'm here with Tim Fiore, who's the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management's Manufacturing Report on Business, which I've read. And I'm really anxious to hear how Tim is going to spin it positive. <laughs> Tim, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me, Tim. So let's 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 do the headline stuff here. Demand is still non-existent. Suppliers are still accommodative. And for the first time now in, in, in a while, we've seen the production planning steps come down, reflecting the fact that the backlog is pretty well burned off and there's no new orders. So it's time to throttle back the factory output. And as a result of that, you're seeing a reduction in employment because the future demand doesn't justify the current headcount. Right. Uh, I I read through the comments, Tim. I was particularly anxious to read those this report uh, because this report's a little softer than the rest of it. I, I don't see any great alarm. Well, there's no demand, Tim. I mean, so you know, unless you have demand, there's nothing to work on. Uh, every, remember, everybody for the last nine months to a year has been working on backlog orders that they had in their books that they accumulated over the last two and a half years. And all of that was overdue, which meant that they were catching up to prior promises. So with the absence of new orders, not replacing that burn down on the backlog, you're now sitting with a backlog that's declining really sharply at 38. So, and I think in the month of May, there was strong indications that we're running out of backlog. So in other words, we're running out of work to work on. And, and my prediction for June and July was that this is going to force companies now to reassess their cost structure in preparation for half two. Uh, and remember, when we went into 2023, we thought half two is going to be much better than half one. When we did our updated forecast in May, we stepped that down to slightly better. And now I think I would have to say that at best, it's going to be the same, at least through Q3. Uh, there are indications that People are more optimistic about Q4. There's uh, indications that people are, are believing that Q1 might be recession for next year. Uh, we had that same comment back in May, uh, and we'll see whether that continues. But in the absence of demand, and you've burned off all of your, your orders on the books, you have to start taking action to adjust your cost structure. And that's exactly, I think, what happened in June is that company started to de-staff. Uh, if I've been tracking attrition, you know, because there's, there's two, th I've been watching the hire to force manage ratio, hire to fire. Right. Been watching for two, two and a half years now. And the there's three elements of the force manage piece, the fire piece is layoffs, it's a tritting down and it's hiring freezes. The layoffs were about a third, you know, surprisingly were about a third the attrition and freezes where it, it, that doesn't matter that much. The layoff piece I've been watching in the month of June, that number jumped up to the high forties. So close to half of the force reduction actions in the month of June were around layoffs. And that's the first time I've seen that. And I don't expect that to end in the next, uh, throughout the summer, actually. So the summary on this is there's still no demand. Suppliers are very accommodative. Uh, prices are coming down on the supply side. So 
there would be more of an inclination for buyers to place orders on the price side. Lead times are slowly coming down still, not fast enough. They're 25% above trough. Okay, but you can kind of deal with that through pushouts and cancellations. But the issue is these companies don't have demand. So the argument is, okay, supplier, if you want to keep your factory running, you go ahead and build the inventory. I'm not going to give you an order that allows you to ship it. If you want to keep your factory running at the current efficiency levels, then you go ahead and speculate because I'm not going to, because I'm just not sure. But when I call you and I want the stuff, you better deliver it to me when I want it. Those are the conversations that are going on now, simply because of the uncertainty. Now, we've talked about this for, for many months, the whole thing around a soft landing versus a hard landing. We, we A year ago, we all wanted a soft landing. We don't want to go into, quote, recession. We don't want a hard landing where it's going to force people to get laid off. And that may have been counterintuitive to you know, a five, five and a half point increase in the uh, interest rate, Fed's fund rate in the last 12 months. It's a huge increase. Yet we're still not seeing the layoffs to the extent that I think the Federal Reserve is probably looking for because that that's their only indication that the, the labor market is softening is when they see a significant amount of initial jobless claims and the jobs reports come down to maybe one to one. They're still not seeing that. Now, there's a lot of confusion here as to whether those numbers are timely and accurate within a one month period. And then maybe there's some resetting that happens throughout the following month. And But we all act on that one month number. So I, I think what I'm saying here is that from a manufacturer standpoint that tends to lead in and lead out, we are not leading out yet. We don't think that we've hit the bottom yet. Uh, and this is the this is the issue between a soft landing and a hard landing. With a soft landing, you have to ask, did I hit the ground yet? Did, I, did the wheels touch the ground? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think they did. With a hard landing, you know it because you're jerked in your seat. So right. know, <laughs> once you're in the hard landing, then you can start planning on the recovery piece. We don't even know if we've landed yet. And this is the problem with a soft landing and a hard. The other problem is that soft landings take a lot, much longer time. They stretch out over a period because you're slowly coming down on the glide path. A hard landing, you put the nose to the ground and you go for it. So we're sitting in this uncertainty still because of the, the, the feeling that a soft landing is better. I'm not so sure. Like I've said for the last couple of months, I'm not so sure a soft landing is better because we're still sitting in this huge period of uncertainty. And the biggest enemy of, of industry is uncertainty. And here, that's where we're at. Yeah, manufacturing does not like uncertainty. Tim, walk us through the inputs and the outputs and let's get the in-depth picture here. Yeah, so let's let's start with, uh, with demand. So the four elements, new orders, new export orders, backlog and customer inventory all three uh three of the four were negative uh let's talk about the negative pieces the new order level didn't sag as much as the prior month but at 45 46 it's still low so i you know i'm calling that a negative new export orders backed off about almost three points with comments supporting the fact that europe and china is now soft it's the first comments i've had about that in the last three or four months i expected that five months ago didn't expect it now but here it is now. And, you know, China's kind of clear. I think their PMI was you know, very low. I think uh, Germany's PMI was very low. German PMI is kind of tied to the China PMI. If China does well, Germany does well. Uh, both of those are very low. So, the, you know, the, 
the European and the China assist on new export orders probably is not going to show up for quite some time. So we're now at 47 contracting. We're at 50 last month. That's not good. Backlog below 40. Uh, we've had nine months of steady backlog decline. And we, you know, we've had two straight months, 40 serious cut. That's a, and then before that we're, we had two months of 44. So, you know, we're really consuming that backlog serious, like I said. So demand is non-existent and until it comes back now, we have other choices to make. So we'll talk about the input side, as I mentioned, inputs is supplier deliveries, it's manufacturing inventory, it's imports and it's prices. So, uh, you know, the, the supplier delivery number indicates that suppliers are delivering faster, but a little slower than last month, which means that they're a little bit better Am I saying that right? Yeah. This month, they're, they're delivering a little bit better than last month. So, okay, a little bit. And I'd like to see it get back up to 48, 49. That would be a, a pretty positive move. But I, I think for that to happen, you need suppliers to start laying off, So which will naturally slow down their output. We'll see. Now that the demand has not been there for our panelists or their suppliers, they're probably taking steps to start to reduce headcount too. So uh, the inventory number at 44 is one of the historical lows. Uh, that kind of indicates that we're con continuing to position for lower output for the second half. Uh, 44 is really low. Uh, I would expect that number to start to come back because it's, it's unusually low. And, and I don't know that it's healthy low. So I think that's a, a positive. We, we, you know, we, can, we can see that grow again, maybe low 40, high 40s. We can see supplier deliveries grow again, high 40s. Uh, imports is sluggish. There's a lot going on there. Uh, it's not impacting anything. There's no issues around transportation. There's really no issues around ocean freight. Slightly more this month in May, but nothing of significance. Pricing or availability. And then, you know, the prices number essentially across all the commodity levels is lower. And that's positive. You know, whether it's concrete or whether it's steel or aluminum or corrugate or even more importantly, plastics, the prices are all down, which is good. So that's accommodative. So the input side is, is ready. It's ready. The lead times aren't what we'd like them to be, but okay, like I said, you can deal with that. I mean, suppliers will take orders today that can you can cancel and you can push out. They'll, they'll do that today. A year ago, they wouldn't, but today they will. So the whole story, Tim, is really around the output side, it's the production number and it's the employment number. And those coming down is not because it didn't have material. It's not because it didn't have labor. It's because it didn't have the work. And as a result of that, you're also seeing headcounts being lowered in preparation for less work in half to. And I'm just wondering, because you look across, I think it's 18 different industry sectors, who's doing well and who's struggling? Right. So, uh, so I, you know, I track the, uh, the industry sectors that are contracting at 50 or less, at 49.9 or less. And I, I track the ones at 45 and less. So for the, for the first time on that 45 number, we ended up with 44% of our industry sectors, not the sectors themselves, but their output contracting at 45 or less. That's an alarming number. You know, 43 or less is super alarming. So, but of that 44, our chemicals and computer and electronics are in that that 45 and less. 
they're actually contracting at 43 or less. So in the two of those together are 30% of manufacturing GDP. So the big story on the industry side is that we're seeing our two biggest industries contracting at alarming levels, 43. Overall, 44% of our industry of our manufacturing GDP is contracting at 45 or less. And that's the highest number we've had. Before that, the highest number I have was 33% back in December of 2022. So that's a negative. <clears throat> and, I, and I don't see those two coming back in the summer, you know, maybe in the fall. So that 44% number under 45 is probably not going to go down much. The, the good thing is, you know, I track the other, there's five others that I track very closely. There's seven that I watch. The seven are 75% of manufacturing GDP. The other five are all hovering around 50, you know, 48, five, 51. They're, they're hanging. So they're stable month to month. But these two are, are really taking us down. Because remember, we, you know, we weight the PMI based on industry contribution. And if you have the top two industry sectors contracting at less than 43, that's hurting the PMI number for sure. Clearly, clearly. Well, I know the consumer confidence number in June was the highest it's been in quite some time. So, you know, the interest rates aren't shaking them. The unemployment picture isn't shaking them. Where do we expect unemployment to go? Is industry still going to hang on waiting for the turn? Well, th this was the conversation we had in May. Uh, it started actually in April. And in, in May, the, there was strong indications without new orders and the depletion of the backlog is that companies were going to have to position themselves for half two. We're, we're not going to have a strong half two compared to half one. At, at best, we're going to have a half two that looks like half one, which isn't very strong. So, and, and I've also been saying for half one that companies are holding on to the headcount in preparation for a strong half two. Well, that strong half two has now gone away. So why are you holding on to the headcount? If, if you think you need to run six more months of overstaffing, then you're crazy. So I think this is what's happening. I don't want to say that one month you know, defines a trend, but we kind of saw it coming in April. We confirmed that in May, if new orders didn't come back and backlog didn't stop, stop contracting, people were going to have to do something, especially as you close a quarter, close a half. Everybody has investors, whether you're privately owned or whether you're publicly owned, and you have to have a day of reckoning in July to talk about the first half and what you're going to do to, to, to do two things. It's When you're in this kind of tight environment, there's two things you need to do. The first is you need to have positive cash flow. And if you're spending a whole bunch of money on headcount that you don't need, that's not helping your cash flow. And the second thing you need is you need to have profit. And the question is how much profit? You don't want to have a loss. Uh, so and the only way you can have profit is to manage your input costs. The two input costs are material and labor. And if you're, and you, if you're going to treat labor like a fixed cost, meaning I'm not going to release people, then you're stuck with that labor throughout the second half of the year. So I don't see that happening. I, I think... The month of June, we saw labor costs start to be addressed more aggressively. I think July, you'll see more of the same. You'll see more, you'll see that production number come down to 46, 45. You see the employment number come down with it. Because I think companies are having to make the decision to reduce their headcount consistent with a lower output for half to. You have been on some other networks talking about these numbers 
what's their feeling what's their line of inquiry tim well i mean hey look the pmi is one of the early indicators so what what do they kind of know that we don't know I... <laughs> yeah clearly for for those who might not be familiar with it and i actually went back and looked uh, post-world war ii to the present so that's 70 some years and the pmi has led us into every recession and out of every recession regardless of what they say about it only being 10 percent or 12 percent of the economy it is clearly the leading indicator yeah yeah now the, the one caveat to that is that sometimes we have a manufacturing recession and we don't have a, a general economic recession that that does happen we have manufacturing slow and, and contract and then climb back out without a real recession within the economy. That could be this, that we could, that could happen. I think about half the time, that's what happens. And that could happen this time too. We'll see. But everything seems to be aligned without new orders coming in and backlog being burned off after nine months. And we're sitting at a 38. I mean, they're, they're running out of work. It's, we, we finally got there. We're running out of work. We're staffed for much better performance. And it's not there anymore. So, all right, what are you going to do? You're going to have to release that labor. Reluctantly, all that labor that we took a year and a half to staff up on and the quits and the turnover, the quits rate is still not insignificant. There's still a significant amount of people quitting their jobs. And hmm. so I, I think that whole, and that kind of fits in with the consumer confidence number, I think that there's really no reason why the consumer confidence number should be so positive. Right. Because we haven't hit the bottom yet. And until you've hit the bottom, you don't know where the bottom is. Yeah, that's right. And you only know that in retrospect. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be out changing jobs right now because, I, you know, like we've talked many times, you know, first one in, last one in, first one out. That's just the way it works. That's, that's just the fairness equation across, you know, 100 people. You're going to see that 90% of the time, so... Well, clearly the employment number is the one to watch for July. Uh, I also tracked employment, which people thought was a lagging indicator for recession. It turns out it's a leading indicator because as they take that head count down, uh, you're in uh, a nosedive. You may not know it yet, but you're in it. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's where we're at. The question is how serious will it be? Uh, I don't think that the 46 is maybe the bottom. Uh, I'd hate to see us go below 45, but that would indicate that, okay, this is probably one of those ones where we are leading into a recession. Right. Yeah. Everything appears to be, that's where we're going. Now the question is length and right. you're right. It was, is a soft landing good because that stretches out the runway and maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Yeah. But I think we, that I think we pass that decision. Right? I, I don't think they're, you could put a jerk and and you know slam us down on the ground, but it's not like if we had a hard landing nine months ago, right? Yeah, right. And I don't know how that could have happened either. I mean, raising the interest rates at the extent that they did was pretty aggressive. Yet it still hasn't topped us off. And this is a weird recovery. I mean, it's not. I can talk about manufacturing all day long, but you know the economy is driven by the the service side and. The service side is still recovering from the pandemic. It's it still is. I, you know, we we kind of left it behind last fall on the manufacturing piece, right? But I think the service side is still, and, and you know, the, a bunch of Americans have a you know tr a trillion dollars still saved up that they haven't spent. Will they spend it? I don't know. Maybe. 
How much of that will go towards inflation? You know, probably quite a bit of it. Uh, are they holding on to it for a rainy day? Maybe. Yep, no but, doubt. The, well, you know, the service side will define the recession and you know we're still not there, although I think the service PMIs are pretty low. Clearly. Uh, I just want to remind people who may be uh, not familiar, this report, your report, Tim, uh, is getting about 20,000 people viewing it. And the services report we'll be doing in just a few days. So we'd like you to stay tuned and subscribe to Manufacturing Talk Radio on YouTube so that you get notification that a show is coming up. But Tim, we appreciate you giving us some deeper insight into what's happening. And we, I guess we're looking forward to next month. <laughs> I am. I am. I think we're going to see more of the same, meaning declining output. Uh, consistent with the fact that inputs have been you know, held back for so long and, and, you know, the order book has been depleted through backlog traction. So I, I think we're going to see that. The only other, the, the reverse of that is stability, which then would mean that new orders need to come back in a growth mode. You know, and I don't see that happening. It's not going to happen in one month. I mean, it'd be nice to get the 50 on the new order level again, but I just don't see that happening. Maybe in Q4. I just I think we're going to go through the summer period, which is a little bit unusual anyway, with reduced output and de-staffing. And we're going to position ourselves now for September. I, that's that's what it kind of feels like. Yeah, I would agree. The summer can be soft. It probably is definitely going to be soft now that we're kind of in this downturn. So we're really looking for the uh, September, October timeframe to see if there's any uh, change in conditions. But Tim, I appreciate you joining us again on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You bet, Tim. So just a last comment. The non-seasonally adjusted number for the month of June is 47. So, you know, we we stepped the 47 down to 46, which, which kind of says that, all right, I mean, we're still 47. I mean, remember now, I mean, 50 is kind of the, the balance number. We're, so even without a seasonal adjustment, we're declining faster than we should be. No doubt. So um, again, for all of you watching, thank you for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. We love talking with Tim Fiore. He knows his stuff. The ISM has been doing this for decades, and they are just spot on accurate. So this report is critical to you guys tuning into, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet, Tim. Thanks for having me. You see bet. you in July. Oh. Hey. No, see you in August. It's already, it's already August. Right. Have a good one, Tim. Thanks. Have a good fourth. Bye for now. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please like and subscribe, share on social media, or leave a review. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Rumble, or your favorite podcast app. Visit us online at mfgtalkradio.com for our other episodes. We have also included links to our advertisers below. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>